Hi, this is David McNeil at daddyocast.com. It's Friday, the 26th of August, 2022. We're here in Moorhead City recording the first of a new season of Daddy Ocast. And uh, we want you to join us at Daddy Ocast. The purpose of Daddy Ocast is to, to call attention to the Holy Scriptures and in them to carefully consider the work of God and the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know we have the authority and the power and the ability to do this because of the gifts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There is a verse that reminds me of this that I, I like to quote. It's a wonderful verse. First, 1 John 5.20 And in it he says, John says, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. Thank God that we have an understanding, that we know Jesus, even though we have not seen him. And we have the scriptures to elucidate. We have the scriptures to put light on our path and light in our minds to understand what God has done, what he's doing, and especially who Jesus is and what he is doing, who Jesus was in his life, his death, his resurrection, his glorification in heaven, and his life in us in the church today. And all this is brought to our attention in the Holy Scriptures and by the work of the Holy Spirit as a coach, as a mentor in our hearts to show us about Jesus. That's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to do, was going to tell us about Jesus, was going to take up what Jesus had and show it to us. That's what we're going to do at Dediocast with the help of God and the Holy Spirit. Now this season, uh, the first uh, section of, of Dediocast, we're going to be handling, uh, hopefully, go for a while on uh, proclamations of the early church. That'll be our topic. I, I could say sermons by Peter and Paul, but there's there are other people who proclaim the word of God, uh, the truth of Jesus Christ, the gospel in the Acts. And sermons, a sermon has such a special meaning in English, and it drags along a lot of connotations people preaching at people, people who be, stand above, preaching down at people who sit below, some people sleeping, and some people paying attention. But it, it kind of, uh, a sermon also has a feeling of, of wagging the finger. I mean, it does to me. So I, we're going to use the word proclamation, and in it, the, the word proclamation has the sense of an announcement, an announcement of news, like the heralds used to come to a town and go to the town square and shout out the news. And these proclamations are in, in the book of Acts in the New Testament are primarily uh, the announcement of good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to read how they go about it, what's in these proclamations, what we can learn about God's message, his work, and the person of Jesus Christ. First, 
proclamation actually is a an event, a proclamation of a crowd of people. A crowd of people that were praying in the upper room, about 120 believers in Jesus, who 10 days before had seen Jesus ascend into heaven right before their eyes. And they gathered to pray, and they were waiting for the promise that Jesus gave them, the promise of power from on high. He said to wait in Jerusalem. And they were waiting, and they were praying. And suddenly there was in this in this room the sound of a rushing hurricane, of rushing wind. And there appeared over each of these believers uh, flames and tongues of fire. And each of these believers began to speak in a language that was not theirs. They began to speak in an unknown tongue. And they were, were obviously uh, acting in a happy, uh, joyous, kind of um, active manner, maybe dancing about, maybe raising their hands. And they they uh, apparently ran out of the building into the open area there, maybe the square in Jerusalem someplace. And this hubbub uh, attracted people, and, and people came from uh, other places in town early in the morning, about 9 o'clock, well, in the morning, about 9 o'clock. And they saw these people dancing around, uh, speaking in many, many different languages, just obviously happy. And these people were... Jews that were uh, had been raised in different parts of the Roman Empire, some in Persia, some in North Africa, Egypt, other places. They spoke different languages uh, there in their mother tongue. They also spoke uh, some Hebrew to be able to follow uh, the Hebrew services that they came to Jerusalem for, where they came to Jerusalem to worship God in the Jewish way, uh, in the Old Testament way. But they had grown up speaking these many different languages. And when they heard these people uh, speaking wildly in the street, uh, exclaiming something, some said this, some said that, and, and all of them heard something special. And this is what they said. They said, we hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So all, each of these people that spoke a different language heard someone speaking in their language about the wonderful works of God. And that is, for us, one of the important, message, the important elements of uh, proclamations in the book of Acts and of the early church. Uh, there's a message, and one important basic message, the important basic message of the proclamations of the early church. The important message is the wonderful works of God. Now we know that the wonderful works of God culminate, they end in the perfect work of Jesus, his death, his life, his death, his resurrection, his glorification. The wonderful works of God. What has God done? And these people were speaking in many different languages. Well, and the book of Acts continues in the second chapter of Acts, uh, where this is recorded. It continues with the explanation given by Peter. And uh, he, he explains that 
this this uh, phenomenon is actually a fulfillment uh, of a prophecy, and I'm going to read that to you. This is Acts 2, uh, verse 14, then we'll get down to um, 16. Peter stood up with the other 11 disciples and lifted up his voice and said, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes Joel, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now this is a unique speech in the New Testament. Because he's, this is Peter explain, explaining a unique event, and that is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is what gives us the possibility of understanding these scriptures and of also ourselves proclaiming the truth of the wonderful works of God. Well, Peter continues with the second element of uh, these proclamations, and that is uh, the proclamation of the gospel, the proclamation of the work of Jesus Christ. And here's his message. And we'll start with um, verse 22. You men of Israel, hear this. Jesus of Nazareth, the man among you, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pain of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David speaketh concerning him, and he quotes David, I foresaw the law, the Lord, always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the way of life, thou shalt make me full of joy without countenance. And then Peter continues, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is here with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, 
which ye now see and hear. What a wonderful passage on the glorification of Jesus and his gift of the Holy Spirit to us. But let's skip down now to verse uh, 36. And Peter makes the key proclamation, the key message is that Jesus is Lord. Verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when the men heard this, they were pricked to their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, Peter gives the call. He gives the call, the same call that John the Baptist gave, the same call that Jesus preached. Repent. Turn from your sins. Be baptized for the remission of sins. He can say that because he also has given the call that Jesus, the part of the call that Jesus gave. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. But Peter has put it this way. Jesus is Lord. God has made Jesus both Lord and Savior. That's the same as the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is the Lord. He is now seated in heaven. He's declared the Messiah, the Son of God. He's the King that reigns in Zion. So here's the fulfillment of Jesus' proclamation. The kingdom of God is upon you. Repent. Believe the good news. Jesus is King. Repent. Turn. Be forgiven and be justified so that you can enter that kingdom. Become a citizen of heaven. Become a child of God. And so the baptism is the, uh, represents the cry of the conscience toward God, the, 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 the cry of faith to become a child of God, a servant of the King, of the Messiah. And uh, Peter adds something wonderfully new now, though. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is Lord. Repent, be baptized for the remission of sin. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift, for the promise is unto you and to everyone that hears far, afar off. This is the promise that Jesus won by his obedience, his death, and by his resurrection and exaltation to God's right hand. And God gave him the gift of the Holy Spirit, which he shed forth upon the believers, which now became his body on earth the church. What a wonderful gift. The person of Jesus in the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in the Holy Spirit, not with them as Jesus was, but in them, as, as Jesus said in John 14. He is, uh, he, you know the Spirit. He's been with you and he'll be in you. So this, this Spirit now, this wonderful, uh, this person 
this presence of God, the, the spirit of truth, the, the heavenly mentor will be in us and Jesus will live in us. He lives now. He came up out of the grave. He lives in heaven, but by his spirit, he lives in the church. When he was on the earth, his life was lived as a teacher, as a leader, as a king by people who followed him with their eyes, who followed him by touching him. But now his followers will follow him in spirit, in truth, because he lives in them. He lives in us. We have the Holy Spirit when we are baptized and we receive the Holy Spirit as a gift from God. That's the promise. In John 14, Jesus said, John 14, 19, he said, the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Isn't that wonderful? And Peter was telling the people then that it was not only a, a case of cleaning up and waiting for uh, this, the Messiah, but to receive the Messiah in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that is the same promise that we have, each of us has, to receive Christ by faith, that his spirit would come into us, that he would live his life in us, and that we would become servants within the heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of God, that we would become children, children of God. Amen.